Hey, it's Carmen Adams, and you're listening to Everyday Christlike Podcast, where we focus on representing Christ each and every day. Be blessed as you listen. Father God, we come to you asking for forgiveness in the ways we dishonored you. We ask you today to cleanse our heart of all pride and selfishness and to prepare us to receive your word. Help us to trust in your plan, Lord, and to walk in a way that is pleasing to you. We are so thankful for this time to join together and to be in your presence. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. The topic we are discussing is how to become an overcomer against the world's view of what a wife should be and why it's important to restore God's original design for a wife. It's no surprise that we are still living in a world who struggles to respect human rights and specifically women's rights. When we zoom in on American culture, we can historically date this back to the 1600s when our country was being formed. Several types of slavery took place, and African Americans made up the majority. Following was Native Americans. Women just didn't hold much authority over themselves either. It was a hard time for those who didn't fall into the white male people group. What began to emerge was women standing up against unfair treatment. Abigail Adams, the wife of our second president, John Adams, began to express her to her husband her concern for women's educational rights. She also opposed slavery. Her voice was many, and later on in the 1800s, the women's suffrage movement was sparked. Now, this was a time that the abolition was also taking place. While African Americans were ga- gaining rights as American citizens, Women were also encouraged to speak up on their freedom as well. This was the beginning of women becoming recognized as equal members of society. Being a lady myself and able to vote, purchase property freely, and to be under the law as an individual and access to fair trials and courts, I am so thankful for these women who exercise their abilities to speak up in boldness against discrimination. There has been a great deal of progress over the centuries, but let's be honest, we still have a long way to go, not just in women's rights, but human rights. Now, the feminist movement is still fighting today. Google states that the current wave strives to end discrimination and violence against women through legal, political, and social change. It is one of the most influential social movements in the modern Western world. Okay, I would say for most of us, if not a, if not all of us, agree with the reasoning behind the movement. But as April Cassidy describes it from her book, The Peaceful Wife, she says, in today's workplace, women are often rewarded for having A-type personalities, driven, demanding, ambitious, and strong. Yet when it comes to their marriages, those same traits can backfire. Ouch. Now, before we go any further, let's take a look at scripture to review what God's order is in the marriage. In Ephesians 5, verse 22 through 24, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is Savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Now, in Genesis 2, 15 through 18, the Bible says, The Lord took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded to the man, You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
for on this day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. What we see here is God institute leadership as Adam was instructed first not to eat from the tree prior to Eve even coming into full form. It was the job of Adam to install order over his wife according to God's word. Now, why did God establish this order? Marriage is actually a direct reflection of the gospel of Jesus Christ as well as the kingdom of God. The same way that wives live in submission to bring glory to their husbands is the same way the church is to live solely for the purpose of bringing glory to Jesus Christ. What happens when we bring that feminist mindset from our workplace or the world into our covenant with our spouse? We actually are upholding our own preference of who should lead instead of embracing what God has instructed us to do. By playing God, we dismantle his word and embrace a perverted and distorted version of marriage. And what happens next? Just like any sin, our marriage will bear bad fruit. Friction occurs when two figures fight for the same authority. We even see this in animal species, right? When each animal group only has one leader, and the same goes for us. The tug and pull for the rope of power results in a disaster for many reasons. First of all, a loss for respect, and this can protrude from both spectrums of the marriage. As the wife succeeds in her grasp of authority or superiority, the husband is dethroned. This can crush a husband's spirit, and he can lose self-confidence from not fulfilling his true purpose as leader in the relationship. His respect for himself and his wife can be greatly compromised. If there's verbal abuse and belittling, this can do even more damage. Now, for a wife not to view her husband in an honorable and respectful manner, in time she can lose all attraction for him. He becomes weak in her view, and naturally she can gravitate towards idols to find fulfillment that is lacking in her marriage. This goes true for the man as well. If he feels devalued, he can seek attention and admiration elsewhere. Okay, I want to get back into scripture and talk about where did this desire for control even come from? As we go back to Genesis, we see God curse Adam and Eve for stepping out of bounds and eating the forbidden fruit. In Genesis 3.16, he said to the woman, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. This means not only will her labor be excruciating for going against God, but she will also desire to rule over her husband. This was the result of Eve taking the lead and allowing what was contrary to God's word to have dominion over her and being the vessel for her husband to follow her footsteps into sin. She stepped up into a position that was not her place. Adam was just as guilty for not taking the lead and protecting God's word and submitting to his wife instead of obeying God. This is the curse over marriages from the beginning. The women crave dominion over their husbands, and husbands seek to tyrannize their wives or eventually just surrender their birthright as head for a lower or even non-existent position. But like all sin, there is hope. 
when fully surrendering to Christ, wives can learn to follow their husbands and husbands can lead with confidence, displaying the love of Christ for the church by the love and covering they extend to their helpmate. Marriage this way serves the purpose in demonstrating the kingdom of God reflected here on earth. I want to real quick share a snapshot from my personal testimony. I too am guilty of this feminist view and adopting a superior standpoint in my past relationships. The idea of being submissive was straight up repulsive to me. And the truth is because that meant I had to be vulnerable and release my own false idea of control to another being. No way, Jose. This was before I knew Christ and he really had to open up my eyes and teach me to trust him before I could even trust another person. Because if I claimed to trust him, then I would trust the man that he sent into my path to be married to, right? Only then I would be able to give up my own outlook and trust God's plan for me, even if it caused me anxiety from the fear of the unknown or just didn't make sense to me at the time. That brings me to the scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. From Proverbs 3, 5. God knows what's best for us, and he really works things out for the good because he loves us beyond imagination. Now, if the idea of being submissive is just scary to you, or you find yourself having a hard time wrapping your head around it, sometimes we have to rearrange our perspective, or in some cases, abandon a distorted view to gain clear sight and to truly understand why God's word is so important for the way we conduct our lives. I like to think of it as not being one role better than the other, but both roles complement one another and work together as a team to get the job done. The same way the brain or the husband works with the heart or wife to keep the body running well. You don't see the heart jumping out and trying to take ownership of the head or the brain kicking the heart out to be in the chest. They function independently, but in unity to fulfill the greater purpose, right? The functionality of the human body for achieving health. Now, the same way they are used together to keep the body operating properly, if these vital organs do not perform their individual tasks, they can actually cause harm to each other. If the brain does not fulfill its duty, it can cause a heart attack. And if the blood is not circulating to the brain correctly, then we see people suffering from dementia or having other brain complications. From there on, it can be a downward spiral of the deterioration of the body. So it's important to understand why God calls us to these responsibilities. If we know our role but lack confidence in ourselves, we must believe that wherever God places us, and that even goes for outside of the marriage as well, that he will supply what we need to fulfill his will. In Philippians 4.9, the word states, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God's desire is for us to succeed, and that's why he blessed us with his word to follow for any and every life task from small to big. It's up to us to trust and believe his way and to use the tools he gives us. Now, this doesn't mean that from time to time your re relationship won't experience hardship because that's not possible. We all need to clean out our marriage filter from time to time as it accumulates dirt, which are offenses and bitterness. But standing together where God has called you is key when battling the enemy. 
two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. Ecclesiastes 4.9. For women who are struggling in this area, I just want to encourage you. You can become the godly wife and experience true peace. Start with repenting for stepping out of God's will and ask him to place in your heart a desire for where he has called you to help you give honor towards God for this privilege to serve his son, your hubby, and to thank the Lord for this opportunity to lift your husband up and to be used to assist him in achieving God's goal for his calling. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us hope. Lord, we are so blessed to be called your children and to have access to you. Lord, please help us to trust your way, Lord, and when we stray, help us to get back on track. I pray that all of us grow in our relationship with you and that our heart aligns with you, Father. Thank you for your love, your mercy. Even though we don't deserve one drop, you still pour out abundantly over us. We give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise. Amen. Thanks so much for listening in. We pray that you were blessed in today's message. If you need reminders to help you stand in your position as a godly wife, we want you to go to our website at everydaychristlike.com to get your free copy of scriptures we put together just for you. Don't forget to tune in for our new podcast episodes every Thursday at 6 p.m. We truly want to help you know the word, apply the word, and point to Christ each and every day. Yeah.